Three, two, one. What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spirit, presented to you by NoGamey.com. We are here live for our instant reaction after Florida State takes down the Miami Hurricanes. Closer than probably expected, but it is one of the biggest rivalries in the country. Things happen like this, but Florida State responds, and they get it done, winning 27-20. to 20. Florida State is now 10-0. and 0. Still have two more games in the regular season to finish off. But with me this evening is Austin Vizi our lead basketball writer and game preview guy for the season on football. And then down below is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief. Gentlemen, Jerry and Jones seals it off. Keon Coleman makes plays as usual. Trey Benson is just a freak of nature. I don't know how he can run that fast with size. But also, got to give credit to Kalen Deloach. Absolute monster for Florida State on the defensive side of the ball today. What a game for Florida State. I mean, first off, credit to the fans in Doe Campbell Stadium because it was absolutely rocking. I mean, that was maybe the best environment that we've seen at Florida State all year. And, I mean, this one also gives some credit to the Hurricanes because they came out and fought tonight despite being a 14-point underdog. thought Miami showed some real resolve despite going down 10 nothing, And then Florida State, you know, obviously bit themselves in the foot a couple of times through the first couple quarters of this game. Um thought after the half, the team came out a lot better on both sides of the ball. But still, I mean, there were just some inconsistencies from the Seminoles. But at the end of the day, it's good to see this team continue to fight, continue to grind, and you come out with your third straight victory over Miami. You know, good performance from Trey Benson today. Kalen Deloach, absolutely a beast on defense. And Jarian Jones, in his return, missed the game last week against Pittsburgh, pulls down an interception from Tyler Van Dyke to kind of seal this one for the Seminoles to uh, advance to 10-0. Yeah, once again, it was kind of a wacky game, especially officiating-wise. I know we'll get to that at some point. Um, but Florida State really came out, like you said, in that second half, that third quarter was the best football they played pretty much all game, um, except for maybe that first quarter. But the the run defense in particular was much improved in that second half, and it, it made an impact on Miami's offense because you know they went three and out, I want to say, three or four straight times there mm-hmm. to start the second half. And it just set the tone for the rest of the half. They get one fluke touchdown you know, in the fourth quarter where Kevin Knowles takes the wrong angle. Cypress was draped all over the receiver, and Knowles just cuts the angle short, and next thing you know, the Miami's in the end zone. But other than that, I thought they played pretty well in the second half. Still some things to clean up offensively, still some things to clean up defensively. But you take 10-0, and 0, you take you take a win over Miami. There are There's no such thing as a bad win over Miami. I don't care what year it is. So we take them. Yep, you do. Absolutely. Definitely whenever you have this amount of, recruits to and the stands that kind of an environment that uh, there's just nothing nothing like it here definitely when it's all riled up in the second half you have no sun you're back into the dark and doke under the lights is a different animal and uh, you can tell definitely listening and talking with a few of the players after the game it played a big part in it just the atmosphere on third downs and defense it was rocking was it loud on tv for you austin at moments yeah especially early in the first quarter and then that last drive, yeah, the, the war chance always going. You know, that's they're always going to be, you know, emphasizing that on TV. But it was loud; you could tell. And I'm, I'm upset I wasn't there because it looked like a fun atmosphere. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And looking at it, you know, a few of the plays, man, some things that stand out to me just right off the bat, where Jordan Travis almost took a safety there, uh, which was crazy. Should have been. It should have been a safety. It, it, it seemed to be that way on TV. Uh, got out of that. Uh, and scraped out, and then also to Greedy Vance, almost seemed like an interception there on on his side of things. And then you know, maybe it's was even there for Miami and Florida State since both calls didn't go in their favor. But 
Uh, a lot of things officiating wise, which was oh, little, we, we can keep going. The, the targeting yeah. that was absolutely a targeting on James Williams. I don't know how it wasn't called. It was crown of the helmet to we the never face got an mask. Answer on it. Yeah. It, well, so the crazy thing was during the broadcast, they who I forget the guy's name that was next to uh, Greg McElroy. Um, but he said that the replay crew was supposed to come to the broadcast booth and explain the no safety call in the third quarter, and then they never came. And then they called him again for the no targeting, and then they just didn't answer about it whatsoever. Sounds so, like they're doing great work. So I don't know what the replay crew is doing, but even even the broadcast booth is like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's hard for us to tell much. We only get we get the TV up there, but don't get the audio and such. Also heard from Jordan Travis, I guess, also on the broadcast. They showed that JT got his chain snatched. Was that true? I, I want to say it was that same play where the targeting happened. I couldn't I didn't notice it in live Believe play. It was. But I think it was that same play where James where James Williams got in his face and ripped his chain. I think that's what happened. <laughs> and then on so, the flip side, I mean, how does Miami not get called for any of those offensive pass interferences? I mean, Florida State's defensive backs were in good position a couple times to potentially make a play on the ball, and you saw him getting ripped to the ground or pushed away at the last second. Florida State, four or five offensive pass interference calls throughout this 2023 season. A little fishy that Miami didn't get any flags. Uh, I mean, the three or four times that happened tonight. Yeah, the one that was egregious was the one on that last drive for Miami where – What's the receiver's name? Because it's bothering me. Uh, George? Jacoby, yeah, George. Renardo was draped all over him. And, you know, at the top of the route, George just goes, <laughs> just shoves him off. And then on the flip side, AZ got a pretty weak holding call, I thought. It looks like both guys were kind of just locked onto each other. They weren't really holding. They were just kind of standing there. And then AZ broke on the ball faster. I, I was stunned that was a holding call. But, you know, ACC is going to ACC. Yeah. Well, one thing that happened, uh, Keon Coleman came back. Kind of yep. took a couple quarters for him to find his groove again. But once he did, man, he made some splash plays. Had that little muff there, a little scary moment for sure. FSU fans almost having a heart attack there. But he responds with a massive return, putting Florida State in a good spot to score. Then also his touchdown earlier in the game as well, where, you know, DB was on him. I had defensive DPI, everything, pass interference. He still comes down with it. Just goes to show how big of a play player this guy is he's super talented super special and he continues to put up highlight plays for this Florida State offense that was a huge sequence for Florida State I think first off you got to give some credit to uh the defense for forcing a stop and stop there inside the Miami 20 um putting away to Keon Coleman and I mean man you just get to see some of that natural talent uh when you talk about the six foot four 215 pound wide receiver not many punt returns not many punt returners built like that and not many can make a play like that, like Keon Coleman can in the open field. I mean, just explodes up the middle for a second. Looks like he's going to go all the way, just barely. One guy trailing and the kicker kind of combined there to stop him at the 10-yard line. I don't know if anyone noticed, but he, like, spiked the ball after the play. Kind of an excitement. It looked like he hit the punter in the head, actually. It was kind of funny looking back yes, on the replay. But I saw the video, and it kind of looked like he broke the U over his knee, too. Like, it was all in one motion, <laughs> spiking the football, breaking the U. All-time clip. I love it. We'll have to go pull that one up again. And then a couple plays later, I mean, Keon Coleman just does what Keon Coleman does. Jordan Travis, one of those contested throws in the end zone, and Keon Coleman being the wide receiver that we know he is goes up and gets it like we've seen against LSU, like we've seen against Clemson. That's just kind of his patented play uh, during the season at Florida State. His 10th receiving touchdown of the season gave FSU a 27-13 to 13 advantage mm -hmm. at that point, and 
was enough, obviously, for Florida State to continue riding that out and, and survive tonight. Yeah, he definitely should have had a lot more catches and production than he did. You know, four receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown, but he had 10 targets. There was one play third or fourth quarter where he had Miami cooked on a slant and go and gets held at the top of the break, doesn't get called. You know, early on, Jordan Travis was struggling to find him and connect with him. You could tell that he was working himself back in, whereas Johnny Wilson, it didn't look like it looked like he didn't miss a beat. You know, those back shoulders were there all game. And yeah, Johnny dropped one late, but otherwise, I, I thought he played pretty well. And it was good to see those guys back on the field. Yeah, JT loves going to Johnny Wilson. That's kind of his blanket guy. And they took multiple shots, back to back shots as well. One of them was dropped to Johnny on the sideline over here. Um, but fun fact here, two guys, Jordan Travis, only quarterback in program history for Florida State to go 3-0 and against the Miami, Miami Hurricanes, um, which is a pretty pretty crazy fact. I mean, this kid just continues to break records and all this kind of stuff. But uh, some history was made today with Jordan Travis getting that win. What do you all think uh, defensively? You know, just starting off with Kalen Deloach's play, uh, recording two sacks, uh, multiple pressures. He was just all over the place. And he's he, just like Mike Norvell said after the game, speaking with him, he thinks Kalen Deloach is playing at an elite level. And uh, it was good to hear from Kalen Deloach. Just tell us after the game, you know, how much it meant to him to get this win and his last game against the Hurricanes and how much it means for him and also for this team, but also understanding that, you know, they're, they're on to the next. You know, you, you think about this one just for a little bit longer and then, you know, you got still – Two more games in this regular season to take uh, take care of, but uh, defensively overall, and also Kalen Deloach's play. Kalen Deloach was a, a monster tonight. I mean, just flying around the football, finished the game, led the team in tackles with ten. Obviously, those two huge sacks continues to be FSU's uh, leading sack getter so far in twenty twenty three. I mean, he made a huge impact on this game. I thought Florida State's pass defense, for the most part, we talked about that one broken play for Jacoby George. I mean, outside of that. You know, if Miami doesn't hit that, they finish with over one – oh, under, sorry, excuse me, under 100 yards passing on the evening. It was really the rushing defense. I was having some big struggles at times, and that was kind of what we talked about on the podcast a little bit. We knew that Miami wanted to pound the rock and try and control the clock as much as they could. And, I mean, credit to them. They were having some real success there. You know, those first two, three quarters, but then Florida State able to buckle down there and do enough at the very end to kind of hold them off. Yeah, I agree that the Russian defense was suspect early on. Um, I'm trying to get to – yeah, here it is. So in the first half, Miami was averaging 5.1 yards per carry, and then in the second half it was just 2.3 yards per carry. So a much, much better impact, especially on the defensive line and the linebackers in the second half. They're doing a better job of filling those gaps, making the tackles, because that's what Miami does is they're going to force – the running back to go one-on-one with either linebacker or defensive back. First half, Florida State wasn't making the plays. Second half, they were. Deloach was Timothy Turner. I mean, he was so good <laughs> tonight. He, he had two sacks. He should have had a third. He was just everywhere when Florida State needed him to be. And I really didn't think, you know, the defense messed up too bad on some of those runs. It was just a couple times, either a poor angle or you have the running back bounce off the first tackler and go for extra yardage. You know, for the most part, they were in those right spots. You just got to be there and make that play. Yeah, and even if we go back to Miami's first touchdown of the game, that kind of weird jump ball to the corner. Yeah, it was it was like the fourth time that series where Florida State didn't quite look ready defensively, and Miami caught them a little off guard. There was a lot of that happening in the first half. 
I didn't really see much of that in the second half. It was good for Fuller and those guys to get that cleaned up. It was a weird play, right? Like, Renardo, yeah. it seemed like it took him an extra half second to react there, and that was just enough space the Miami receiver needed to make that play. And, and on the broadcast angle, it honestly looked like Emery, like, way overthrew it, but ended up being, you know, right where it needed to be. No, another player, too, we cannot forget about is Alex Mastromano. I was going to bring him up. Can you, can you, can you say it, Dustin, for us, please? Don't. Don't. The, the punter from down under. <sighs> <laughs> no, he deserves it, though. He deserves it. Incredible, incredible day by him, pinning the Hurricanes multiple times. He, he, he was in his bag this uh, this afternoon and going into the evening. He, he played great. He's been that way throughout this whole season. Mm -hmm. And Mike Novell giving a lot of credit to him. He also got to help break the rock after the game. But so all the specialists, too. Shout out to Ryan Fitzgerald, too, staying perfect on the night as well. Ended up being getting some crucial points of Florida State coming out and getting this victory. But Overall, special teams also to uh, punt coverage, uh, kickoff team. You know, the special teams played a big part in this. But Alex Mastromano, man, MVP for me, special teams and a top three player from tonight, just the way that he was able to flip the field on the Hurricanes. The whole unit was uh, massive in this game. Alex Mastromano, um, seven punts for 343 yards, a 49-yard per kick average. Five of those seven punts fell inside the 20, and I think we know a couple more traveled even longer than that to put the Hurricanes inside the 10 and inside the five. He did a really good job of uh, flipping the field position for the Seminoles. We talked about Keon Coleman's punt return. I thought the kickoff coverage for Florida State, you know, didn't get a ton of opportunities in this game, but when they were out there, really good. And you're talking about a Miami team that was uh, among the top in the country as far as uh, their, their kick return unit coming into this one. So Florida State special teams, once again, make an underrated impact and help pull out this victory. Yeah, I want to say it was two punts down inside the five for Mastromano. Just an incredible night for him and the whole whole special teams coverage. No, I, I said it on Twitter. I'm open to the argument of him being the best punter Florida State's had. He's just been so unbelievable this year. We'll have to dig through that history book, but got an argument, I think. Especially, you might get one more year at Mastromano. He's only a retro junior. Yeah, it would be nice. would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Trying to think of some other things too. Of course, Trey Benson almost took that to the crib. I didn't see it at first. I thought he had taken it, but mm -hmm. stepped out of bounds there. Uh, he, he just overall, I, he's he's getting faster. I, I don't know what it is, but there's times where I don't think he's able to slip through these little these little seams that he finds uh, downfield. But he's he, he's torching defensive backs at 230 pounds like that. It's it's super impressive. Like when we talk about the NFL Combine here. Uh, once we get into the spring, it's going to be so much fun to cover this kid. I mean, there's a multiple guys that are freak athletes on this roster, but Trey Benson, it's freakish how quick he can be at that size because you think of him just being that physical runner downfield. But, you know, he has that, and then he has that extra gear that not a lot of athletes, not a lot of running backs in this country have. Some guys are kind of fit in between like one or two uh, different kind of attributes that they bring to the table in the running back room, but he, he's kind of got it all. And I just think that he's, he's clicking and his motor is going and it, just also to be able to play that many snaps after having these long runs is impressive to me. Tell you what, when I saw Trey Benson take that pitch on uh, that drive and, I'm not really sure what's happening in Doe County Stadium right now. Something, but. Something's <laughs> happening in here. It, first off, it's extremely windy. I feel like I'm in Chicago. It's a little chilly, too. But there's screaming happening. There's things flying out of the stands on us. Uh, 
it's a war. It's a war zone. It's a war zone. But I saw Trey Benson take that pitch on the sideline, and then I mean, just explode down the field. And Doke's obviously rocking. First thing that came to my mind was Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. taking the pitch from Everett Golson in 2015 against Miami. I think it was the opposite sideline, but same thing where he just bang goes up the sideline and he's gone. That's what it felt like. I mean, Trey Benson shot out of a cannon tonight. Um, it was good to see him respond from stepping out of bounds from there. Right there, Keon Coleman said he's got a big-ass foot. But it was good to see Benson come back and score two touchdowns and really make a big impact on this game because you got to know, as much as Florida State wants to beat Miami, this one's a little extra personal for a guy like Trey Benson as well. Played under Mario Cristobal at Oregon. There were some comments from Cristobal about Benson after this game last year that drew some attention at the time. So a little extra motivation on his shoulders coming into, into tonight and – he delivered for the Seminoles in a big way. I kind of can't believe he didn't have 100 yards in this game. Totally. Right. It, it, it just like it just felt like he did because of how big his impact was on this game. But 80 yards rushing, two touchdowns, another 17 yards receiving. I would have thought he had 150, but you know, 97 is cool too. He, he's just he is what he is at this point. He's like Logan saying, he's so big and so fast that when he's able to get downhill, it's just such a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a safety coming down and he's coming at you at two thirty, that speed you're you're in deep deep trouble. But yeah, I mean the players admit it. You know that was a very physical game, a lot of chippiness, a lot of trash talking. The game started off with a player, Miami Hurricane player, just pelting a marching Chiefs member. To tough tough start to the game and it was really chippy. A lot of guys sure, talking trash. Jacurry Brown warming up. Might have been. Might have been. Potentially could have been, honestly. But, you know, guys held each other accountable, too. I saw a lot of veterans, you know, holding, holding guys back. I think Jarring had to be held back once. But mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of guys that, you know, were playing that stayed strict with it. And, you know, a lot of things could have blown over and caused penalties and such. But, you know, they played smart. And that's something that Mike Norvell presses on highly, staying disciplined. And this team is doing a good job of that. Definitely when it comes down to you know, a couple plays like this, you can't, you can't allow these, these silly penalties. And, you know, we've seen that in years past with this, with uh, this team and they, they just come a long way. And to your point, this is a type of game where emotions can really run over. I mean, this is a hotly contested rivalry between Florida state and Miami. And every time they get together, they just love to go at it between the lines after the whistle no matter what, you're going to see some action during this game. And I think you've got to give some real credit to Florida State. They didn't have a single unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalty tonight, only three penalties for 35 yards against the Hurricanes. And it's important to remember, this is a team that's racked up a lot of flags throughout the season. So I thought tonight, you know, to have a, a pretty clean game overall, and even some of the flags that were thrown on Florida State, a little, little iffy, a couple of them. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought it was a very disciplined effort from the Seminoles, and that's exactly what they needed to pull out a game, especially one that ended up being as close as this one was. Not only was it three penalties, but one of them was after the Jerry and Jones interception when the game was over and they're just celebrating. So it's really just two penalties when the game matters. You know, in a rivalry game as highly contested as Miami can be, that's a win. You know, Florida State's had their issues at times this year, like at Wake Forest, there was a bunch of penalties. LSU, there was a bunch, but a lot of those were iffy. For essentially two penalties and 20 yards, that's that's big time. So only one unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, let me call that back. <laughs> I don't think there's there was none on Florida State. It was that's one. what it would have been after the play, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty at the very end of the game. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm that's just what saying. I'm just saying I'm not counting it because the game's over. They're celebrating because they beat Miami. 
Gary here on Facebook asking, and we'll now kind of move into where Florida State stands in the rankings and still got some big games going on right now as we speak. But Washington beats Utah. Uh, Gary asking, guys, what are your thoughts on uh, Florida State potentially dropping number four? Uh, he thinks that Washington jumps Florida State and takes that number four spot. What do you guys think? Don't give a shit. Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other. So as long as Florida State wins out, they'll be in the playoffs. That's all that matters. It's a possibility for sure. I mean, Washington getting another uh, win over a top 25 team. Um, Florida State, you know, was 14-point favorite tonight and unable to cover the spread. be kind of interesting to hear the discussion on Tuesday night whenever the, the next college football playoff rankings are released. I mean, I can continue to see an argument where you keep Florida State at four. I can also see, you know, Washington jumping up to that four spot for now. But like Austin said, not a lot to worry about. Florida State just focus on these next three games in front of them, you know, the final two regular season games and the AC championship. Take care of business. As long as they remain undefeated, they will work their way into that final four. Yeah. Yeah. Florida State next week faces North Alabama. North home Alabama finale. for the last, yep, for the last home game of the season. And then they will be on the road against the Gators. And Billy Napier will be there to cover that one. Looking forward to it. The last time D you and I were there. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I won't go any further into it, but uh, it wasn't so pretty in the outcome for Mike Norvell and uh, Jermaine Johnson kind of disappointing. Ending, obviously, to that season. Can't, couldn't go bowling, but uh, hoping, hoping for a better result there in Florida State's favor. But here, Florida State does what it needs to do. They take down the Miami Hurricanes 27-20. to 20. We'll be back here live on Wednesday to recap more of this game as we look into and watch some film on this, and then we'll be previewing Florida State versus North Alabama. We're going to talk some college football playoff, too, and the rankings there. But make sure you guys are tuned in at our site, nolgameday.com. If you're on here live watching, viewing, we're also on audio podcast version, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe there so you get notified every time we release a new episode. But the Seminoles are 10-0, gentlemen. I think a lot of FSU fans, too, maybe not too happy of the result. They want to see Florida State smoking these teams out. But like Norvell admits and a lot of the players, they knew that they were going to get Miami's best shot. That's how it's going to go. And if Florida State continues to do what they need to get done and finish these, finish these teams off and do what they do in Charlotte, Florida State has a really strong chance to be in that college football playoff. So... Uh, yeah, that's going to do it, guys. Hope you all have a great evening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace.